I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Eddie on here, so Eddie should be recording uh, for those of you who need uh, or want the recording. So we should be uh, should be good to go. Um, Chris, again, thanks, and uh, we'll start it off. If you can maybe just give us uh, kind of just an update of how you and uh, the football team are doing as far as your uh, end of the semester and getting ready for uh, the summer program. Sure. Um, first of all, happy to see you guys. Um, you know, what, what, you know, you hear all the words, unprecedented, surreal, no one could have planned for this. Um, so, you know, certainly challenging times. Um, you know, it could be worse, you know, fortunately for us here within our program, with our building, you know, we've been lucky. Um, a lot of people have had it, you know, had it much more challenging uh, circumstances throughout the state and around the, around the country. So certainly, you know, our, you know, our, as a program, we, our thoughts and prayers go out to those people, especially the frontline healthcare workers. Um, you know, so how have we been dealing with this? It kind of jumped to the forefront the Thursday night, the 12th, um, you know, of March. That's when we started getting word, you know, hey, we may or may not be able to act to um, complete a morning workout on Friday the 13th. We had a morning workout scheduled the Friday prior to us going on spring break. So it kind of came through our office that, hey, heads up, you know, the workout may get canceled for the morning. Fortunately, we're able to complete it. So, we, you know, we completed an eight-week really, really good winter program. So, you know, we had that. That was one very positive thing to the semester, that we were able to, to have a really strong um, off-season, a complete off-season before we went into spring break. Spring break. You know, and then we went into spring break, and initially there was an uncertainty as to how long this would go. Would it be, you know, at that time spring ball was not ruled out. So could we – come back for a spring football. We'd be gone for spring break, but then it became an extended for an additional week of spring break. So as it started to unfold, you know, we had a plan there for that initial three-week phase. Um, the, our, you know, our first order, first priorities were simply, you know, safety of the athletes, um, you know, communicate and connect with our athletes. Fortunately, with our Hawkeye Championship, the way it's structured and formatted, we had the team broken up into six pods of 17 guys you know, that were already communicating, meeting weekly together. Um, they had, you know, text chains going on. So when they went off campus, we, w- we went um, immediately to a Zoom meeting, st- meeting uh, communication network. So we meet with the guys regularly, weekly. Um, 
to where we have an opportunity to see them, you know, look them, look them in the eye and, and, uh, and spend time with them. You know, our initially there, there were four things that we really wanted to make sure that we secured in that initial phase of COVID. Um, one was just, you know, just for starters, be safe, follow, follow the guidelines of the experts. We all have responsibility for social distancing. And then as far as being a successful student athlete, it was one was get into routine. Two was academics, you know, make sure we do a good job adjusting to remote learning. So we don't do anything that would interfere with our eligibility moving forward or interfere with the fall. The third was training and the fourth was nutrition. Um, as we went through the first three-week phase, we progressed into another three-week phase where we're really, be, we're really afforded the opportunity to stabilize and um, maybe uh, get, you know, narrow our focus and get to a more um, normalized training plans and getting guys, once they got established, where they were going to be during this phase, it allowed us to maybe, you know, um, accelerate and do a better job improving the programming and improving what we were doing. Um, and my last note is, before I open to questions is just simply this. Everybody in college football is experiencing the exact same challenges, and we have to do it better than everybody else. Right? Stress and adversity tends to break the weak and strengthen the strong. You know, so it's our job to create an advantage for Iowa football. As we come out of COVID, it's our job to have developed routines, habits, okay, and the necessary resolve that galvanizes us, and we, we hit the ground running. Whenever that is, June, July, whatever that is, we don't know. There's an uncertainty there. But it's our goal to, to uh, galvanize our football program, pull us together because we're communicating, connecting at a high level, taking care of our own individual routines in, at our homes where we're at. And, you know, that's the goal, and that's what we've been working towards. Chris, uh, just kind of on some of the questions we received, how are, you, uh, how are you able to monitor the guys at home compared to what you would do with the uh, devices and things that, you know, technology has allowed you to do when they're here practicing or working out? Right. So we don't have those. We don't have analytics. We don't have GPS on guys. I mean, that's, that's not available. And quite frankly, there's insane limitations on the amount of, of um, contact. We can have contact with them, but we can't, um, we can't face-to-face coach. We can't demand that they send videos. We can't hold them accountable to, to a Zoom workout, so to speak, where we watch it. That's not allowed right now by NCA. So what it comes down to is you know, we have to communicate and connect at a very high level. We have to talk to the guys constantly. And that's really a challenge. Typically, when you're on campus, you know, 6 a.m., 30 guys walk in the door and you train them. And then at 8 o'clock, another 30 guys. And 10 o'clock, another 30 guys. And so it's every couple hours, 30 guys come walking through the door. They come to you. Now, in this current, under the current circumstances, you know, you're reaching out to guys all day long. Um, you're just constantly trying to connect with guys to make sure that they have what they need. They're on the right page. They're doing what they can with what they have. Um, so yeah, that's, that's part of the challenge, Steve, is that we don't have the benefit of the analytics right now. We don't have the benefit of, of daily face-to-face hands-on, um, work with the guys. And we feel like that's quite frankly, uh, advantage Iowa to, you know, and, you know, we feel like we do, we have good kids that work hard and do a good job. So yeah, we're missing that time, but we're trying to make up for it in other ways. You, you and your staff have, have, have done some innovative things and obviously up to, you know, ahead of the game even maybe, but, uh, any particular um, feedback from any of the guys of uh, how they're uh, coming up with new ways to uh, to work out or do different things while they're home on their uh, kind of on their own? Yeah, I would say this: that there isn't a black swan. It's our job to stabilize the workouts. You know, so this um, unique story about how a guy's doing something different—that doesn't—that's that's the idea is to not do something different. Okay, the idea is to do what we do here. Okay, so. 
it's up to us to reach out and connect with these guys, get them the equipment they need, the setup they need. So that's been part of the challenge is, is just piecemealing, you know, um, facilities together and opportunities for guys to do what we do here. You know, we're not looking for new and unique ways. If there were unique ways to do or better ways to do what we do, we'd be doing it. We're trying to normalize and stabilize the environments that they're in, quite frankly. And, and speaking of that environment, obviously, whenever the guys or any sports are back on campus, it, it will have a different look moving forward. I'm guessing that, that you and your staff and the football coaches are working towards a plan whenever that day uh, does come uh, when the guys are back on campus. Yeah, I would say it will absolutely be a team approach to that. And most importantly, you know, you mentioned the football coaches and the strength conditioning staff, but the sports medicine staff, the athletic trainers, the, you know, the, our, our, um, our sports medicine, medicine doctors, we're going to need to address some things uh, from, from a hygiene perspective. There'll be some unique challenges there when you bring a number of guys into a, into a, a locker room, a weight room. We don't know what that trigger date will be, and we don't know exactly what parameters um, – you know, we'll have when we enter that next phase. We may be in small group setting. We've heard that, um, but certainly disinfecting. You know, having having um, janitorial staff available immediately um, upon completions of workouts. So we're we're going to need to have a really thorough plan, which we're currently working on. We're working on return to play protocols. We're working on return to training protocols. You know, along with the sports medicine staff and, and our coaches. So this is something that we take very, very seriously. The safety and the wellness of the athletes will be at the forefront of our minds as we plan, and we'll certainly follow the, the directions of the experts in the medical community as to how to go about it. And that kind of leads into uh, you know, coaches and, and athletic directors, administrators everywhere are being asked you know, what kind of a time frame. And you know, Coach Ferentz has talked about an eight-week maybe. Um, I, I know you and he, he have talked. What uh, Any in, input that you have there on – time frame of with your staff before actual football practice might start sure and I, and I go back to my recent my, my last my last answer in that safety and wellness is certainly at the forefront of our minds you know so when you just think about eight weeks versus six weeks you know and four of those weeks are going to be designated football weeks so that you look at strength conditioning weeks in a six-week return to play protocol that allows you two weeks of training in a four in a um, an eight week it allows you four weeks of training that's double Okay, that's twice as much preparation. I know what you say, well, what's the difference six to eight? But the difference is this, in a six-week six um, format, it's two weeks of training, and in eight weeks, it's four, it's double. And the steeper the, steeper the curve, you know, as far as getting back to training, you know, the more risk involved. So if we can, you know, in terms of the COVID, you can flatten it out, if you can spread it out, you know, if we have four weeks to train guys before they step on the football field and engage in a football practice, it doubles our exposure time and, and, and reduces the risk, you know, for our athletes. So we all want to play football. We all want to return everybody, um, everybody on campus, getting people back on campus is, is priority to us. The kids are dying to get back, but we will make sure that we do it in, in a safe, gradual, progressive manner. Um, and I think that's our job uh, to make sure that that happens. And then speaking of some guys that won't be back, uh, the NFL draft last weekend, five Hawkeyes drafted, three that we know of uh, have made publicly their free agent signing. What, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, those guys and did the, uh, what were the effect of uh, not having a pro day, uh, getting uh, those guys prepped for the NFL draft? Yeah, just so excited for those five kids that were drafted and the three guys that had free agent opportunities. You know, it's just uh, anytime you see the, see a, um, one of our players 
afforded the opportunity to live a lifelong dream of putting on an NFL uniform, you get excited for them. You know, they all come in and four or five years later or three years now, as we see uh, some, some of them, they all come in with the goals of playing football at the highest level. And to see them have that opportunity, we're certain, certainly excited for, for each one of them. Um, yeah, the pro day hurt. It, it, I don't think the pro day, quite frankly, hurt those eight guys. Uh, those eight guys were fairly, like they had fairly established resumes playing football in the Big Ten. The five draft pick guys were all, they were the five guys that went to the combine, right? So that wasn't a surprise. Um, then the, free eight, the three free agent guys had established, um, you know, established football resumes on the field. So, you know, that was certainly wasn't a surprise either. I think, you know, down the line, some of the other guys that you may hope for have an opportunity um, that didn't have an opportunity for pro day may affect it. And also the other thing that you have to consider here is oftentimes in the National Football League, they have what they call these mini camp days. All right. So, and those are eliminated without any OTAs, without an off season for the National Football League. There's some guys um, that have been invited to these mini camps um, where they'll get in for almost, you know, kind of a, a, um, an opportunity um, that's not, that doesn't exist right now because of the limit, the uh, limitations on the NFL's off season. So, you know, that was, that's too bad. That, that's, uh, that's um, part of the, you know, the, the instability of what we're dealing with with the current circumstances. I think I'll move on to some of the guys now with questions. Uh, Mark Morehouse, do you want to uh, start us off here? You bet. Hey, Coach. Thanks for doing this, by the way. Yeah, glad to do it. Um, Kirk, Kirk, at the beginning of this, mentioned some of the, some old stuff was going to be new again as far as guys checking in cards. And I'm, I'm old enough to remember a couple of guys who committed to the Hawkeyes getting their cards when we were in high school and, and sending them back to the strength coach. Has, have you relied on some of those old methods and, and personally, I'm, you know, people forget that you're in there and you're coaching hands-on with these guys, living through the triumphs, getting them through the, 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 the uh, uh, plateaus. How much do you miss that on the, the, being in the weight room, hands-on stuff with the guys? Yeah, so your first question is some of the old will be new. I think what Kurt's referring to is that in the 90s, we didn't have mandatory summer, summer programs. Uh, this, and um, so, you know, we were constantly communicating with guys with summer programming, nutrition programming and yeah we have nutrition manuals that we're that we're sending we're sending out hey shopping lists like we don't talk about shopping lists anymore we provide the food they go upstairs in the all-american room and they eat great meals they go to the refueling station and you know so there was a time in the 90s where we're giving the guys shopping lists hey what do you buy at hy V? they don't buy anything at hy V anymore but now they're back to doing that um so you know shopping lists you know how how do you how do you um fill your fridge how do you make your you know cooking like, yeah, like we started into some, some cooking instruction with the guys. Like, hey, how do you prepare a simple meal? Because they don't, they don't cook anymore. They, you know, whereas in those days, that was normal. Also, you know, the programming that you alluded to, Mark, just sending cards out and communicating with them, getting on the phone. How'd that go? Hey, how'd your last set of squats go? Do we need to adjust that? So these are things that we haven't done in a while. Um, you know, simply put nowadays that when we train, that's supervised, it's on campus, it's, and, and it's, it's monitored, and, and we don't have that anymore. As far as, you know, as far as uh, I'm no different than anybody else, every single person in the building at Iowa football wants to get back to work. You know, it, it sometimes when things like this happen, I haven't been through like anything like this ever before, but it's often a time to reflect and you just miss going to work. You miss walking in. And like I said, 30 guys come through the door. So you just miss that. And you just can't wait to get back to it again. Believe me, these guys, they have a, they have a small window, you know, us as coaches, um, you know, these guys, they have one sophomore year, one junior year, one senior year. 
right? So that guy, this is his senior year. He wants to, he wants to have a huge year. He wants to play in the National Football League. He wants you guys to be talking about them this time next year after the draft. And here he, he's locked out. Um, so I, I have empathy for our players, and I just can't wait to see him and get back to work. Uh, Tom Kankert. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, Chris. Um, I wonder about um, sleep is so important for what you guys do, and that's probably pretty impossible to, to monitor how much are you emphasizing that with your guys on a daily basis? Yeah, they got a, They got sleep notes. Like I sent them a sleep guidelines again this morning. Um, so I say weekly, we're sending out, you know, how to improve your night's sleep. How do you improve your, your PM routine kind of post dinner routine? You know, the, so we're constantly um, just, just pounding them with positive message as all of us do, you know, you need to be reminded, right? So we're, it's our job to continue to, to educate them on that. Um, it's certainly, it's different, you know, guys are at home. It's not only different for the guys at home because, you know, our guys are used to, they live in their own apartment, you know, and, and they're used to their own routine. They go back home and, and um, it's different for their families too. It's different for their parents and, you know, it, it, it can get a little old. It's been going seven weeks now and it's been, it can get a little old for the parents as well. Um, people aren't used to living under the same roof. And so uh, if we can help, stabilize and just give them good information to help, you know, z narrow their focus on their routine. I can really be helpful. And that's what we're trying to do, Tom. Adam Rosso, do you have a question? Yeah. Hey, Chris, thanks for doing this. Um, just your thoughts on, you know, some of the ideas floated about playing two full seasons in 2021, you know, February to April, I guess it'd be in the normal in the fall. What would that, how would that impact you from a strength and conditioning standpoint and from the player's uh, recovery standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question, and I have no idea that that's going to be a possibility or not, Adam. I'm not at that, you know, I'm not involved with those discussions. The, you know, the concerns, the concerns or the challenges there, you know, you miss a complete offseason, you know, because essentially you play a season which you need to recover from, you know, and then get, get back into establishing a training, a training, to a training mode before you then line up and play another season. Um, so, you know, the challenges that would exist there when you look at 18 to 22 year old athletes um, playing two full seasons, you know, in, in a very short window of time. And, um, you know, that's, that's concerning. Typically we play 12 or 13 games in a 12 month, 12 month period. You want to double that. So everything that comes along with playing, you know, doubling your season, you can count on doubling it all other than the training. So you want to play twice as much and train half as much, Get ready. You know that that would be that would be a concern um, for somebody that's that's charged with, you know, trying to create the best atmosphere for athletes to to be in a to play in a, um, a safe environment and, and and go out and play the game of football. You want to double, you know, cut the training in half and double the exposure to competition. I think there's certainly things to be considered. Chad. Hey, coach. Thanks for doing this. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Um, 
Well, I wanted to ask, we talk a lot about what we're missing here uh, this spring and summer, but what were you able to accomplish between January and March with the conditioning program uh, physically? Yeah, we, we were really excited about um, just the, the, the standard of work that we, we established with our group in the wintertime. Um, as I mentioned earlier about the Hawkeye Championship, we have 12 captains, six teams. Those captains have really saw, you know, seen growth with those captains. Outstanding job communicating, leading, um, helping, helping younger people invested in their investing in their routines and their daily, you know, their daily activities just to help them establish the successful routines that are going to lead lead to them playing well in the field. We had outstanding strength gains and, and uh, just a really, really excited about the offseason program and, and thankfully we're able to get that in. I know some schools start their spring ball a little bit earlier and they cut their off season shorter. And we didn't do that. We had a full eight week and uh, felt good about the progress that was made and, and what we established from a, a foundation of our culture perspective. I think that was a good thing. Steve Batterson. Yeah, Chris, what kind of extremes were guys dealing with in terms of equipment availability and, and how do you kind of work through some of those things? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Steve. So initially, Initially, we had four programs out there, like, like four different base programs. Now, they were individualized from there, okay? And, and there, was, um, there was a program where guys had access to a facility. Because if you go to Roar, like you go to Northwest Iowa, where it hasn't been affected that much, um, you know, you go down initially down, it was like down in Texas. If you go to rural communities, sometimes you have positions where kids are getting their weight room open at their high school. Their high school coach lets them in there by themselves, and they're doing social distancing, you know, so the number one was, do kids have access to a program? The second was the garage gym program, okay? It, you know, so if guys had access to a barbell and a rack. The third was, do you have access to only a dumbbell or a kettlebell? And then the fourth program was, do you have, do you have, um, you know, any equipment, it's body weight only. So we kind of four different versions, and then we individualized from there. Um, you know, and now everybody can run and jump. Okay, you can go to a field and you can run and jump and you can mark off 55 yards or, or 15 yards and you can put a hat down or a t-shirt down and you can get some cones. So everybody can run and jump. So we really expect that we, it's a watered down version of what we would do here. We don't have all the equipment available that we do here, electronic timers and sled sprints and, and things like that. But guys can run and jump, all right? So that was fairly standard, the running and the jumping. But the strength training, there's about four different starts we're narrowed in on that now. I think primarily most of us have guys are either in a, in a um, have access to a facility or have access to a garage gym. And we've, we've been able to help, help um, piecemeal some things together uh, with garage gyms in the area so guys can get some work in. Um, nobody's on a bodyweight-only program. Everybody has something. Um, they have a, a kettlebell, a dumbbell, weighted vest. Everybody has something at this point. The first three weeks – um, you know, we had, to, we had some guys training on a body weight only program. Um, but now that we've been in it a little bit longer, we've been able to do a better job of establishing good training environments. Scott Zotterman. Yeah, thanks, Chris, again, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, I guess uh, you're so heavily involved when it comes to uh, the recruiting process. Uh, dozens, if not even hundreds, of recruits come through in the spring and summer, and, and you, tour, you give them a tour of the facility. You show them different methods uh, for strength training. And, uh, you know, how involved have you been in the recruiting process the last couple of weeks? Do you, do you sit in on Zoom meetings with certain recruits, uh, discuss anything about regard to Iowa weight training, or have you kind of been off of that uh, since this whole scourge started? Yeah, good question. So 
I, I, just for starters, that's a really good question because we're kind of banging on it right now. Like it's, it's big time recruiting and we're trying to do everything we can to normalize what we'd be doing on campus if we were on campus, Scott. So what that means to us is, yeah, we're recruiting, absolutely. Um, and I won't talk about any recruits individually, but what we're doing right here, Zoom yeah. meetings are happening, just like we're trying to recreate everything that we would be doing. And during this time period, it's not uncommon to have individual recruiting meetings every single day, um, you know, during, during this period. Now that's not to that, we're not doing it to that frequency, but it's still, it's still happening. And, and we have some guys narrowing in on very big time lifetime decisions right now. So we're doing everything we can to help facilitate them getting the information they need to choose Iowa. Okay. Josh Christensen, do you have a question? Yeah, coach, um, you talked a little bit about uh, the poor um, levels of, of training that kids might have as far as access to a gym or, or just a garage or anything like that. But uh, those, um, whatever they're able to do, how is it, you know, those guys that maybe don't have access to the garage or the, or the weight room, how is it that you make sure that, you know, they, they have some kind of materials to work with and they still may get the same kind of workout maybe as far as, you know, if they were to go uh, to, to the Iowa facility? Mm -hmm. They don't. There's no way to do, there's, there's no way to absolutely duplicate what we do. Okay, and when you talk about 30 guys, toes on the line, tempo, equipment, that's, they cannot duplicate. What we, it's our job to close the gap. It's our job to close the gap and make it as, as uh, productive as we possibly can, do the best we can with what we have, okay? Um, but to think that there, you know, that, you know there's, a, there's a gap there. Um, so again, it's back to you communicate with the guys, you make sure you get any equipment that you can to them so they can utilize it. Um, you know, they're doing a watered down basic version of, of what we do. So they're getting the movement patterns, they're getting the, the um, you know, the volume um, of the work if, if they're committed to doing it. Again, we can't monitor that work right now. We can't work with them right now. So there's gotta be a trust factor right there. And like, as I said before, everybody's going through the, the exact same challenges, every team in the country. So we believe at Iowa, hey, Advantage Iowa, like we have really good kids that are really committed, that are communicating, connecting on a really high level. So, hey, it's up to us to do it better than everybody else and create an advantage for us. So that's, that's the goal. That's what we're working towards. Um, and, and we'll continue to do that until we, we get the opportunity to go back to work. Joey, Donya, do you have a question? Yeah, you unmute there. No questions. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Robert Reed, David Allen, do you have a question? Uh, no questions. Thank you. Okay. Uh, David Eichold, do you have a question? No, I don't. Just really appreciate the time, Chris. Thank you. All right. John Bonacamp? Yeah, Chris, I was wondering how chaotic were those first days after, after you found out the guys weren't going to be coming back to campus? What, what was that like in the planning and getting ready for everything? Um, well, I tell you what, initially we, were, we went into spring break mode. So that was kind of a a week that was a planned recovery week for us. We had just finished eight really intense weeks of the out of season. So the first week we had a little bit of a buffer there, John, that we were able to go through. Um, and then it, as that week carried on to the, towards the end, Wednesday, Thursday, we're like, okay, this is not going to end right now. You know, we're going to have to, um, you know, put our feet on the ground. So we, we got together and, and we went right into um, that training, that next training phase. And, and essentially what I, the way I looked at it is we wanted to try to mimic spring football in that regard, five weeks of spring football. So we, straight, we stayed in, in it the best we could 
in a strength and power phase. We do have a significant amount of guys that have access to facilities, a significant amount of guys that have barbells racks. They're in, they're in, in garages. We, there's a very small number of guys that are only have access to the limited equipment. You'd be surprised. You know, these guys have some, um, they're showing some initiative in order to get into training situations. Um, so, and you know, in the, another thing that's smooth that, that made it a seamless transition for us was we already had that format built in where we had, the team broke into 17 guys, two captains per team. There was a strength coach assigned every team. There was a position coach assigned every team. So there was a significant, there was a leadership, you know, hierarchy. I mean, it was, we just plugged it in. I mean, we plugged in and, and there's a time sometimes when you look back on the Hawkeye championship, the way we do our leadership development and team development, you say, boy, this is a lot of work. And you know, what, what's it, how does it, is this good for us? And then when we slipped into this mode, it was like, oh boy, we're lucky to have this. Like we were lucky we had already established a communication format um, for our team and we went right into it. And it, we were really fortunate in that regard. And, and it just confirmed with us that, hey, we needed, this was a good thing. And, uh, you know, sometimes, again, like when you're fragile and you don't have those systems in place, you know, you end up paying for it. You know, but if you're kind of built to be like anti-fragile, you know, and you have some systems in place, where adversity strikes or there's some stress on the system. If you have a strong system communication, you tend to handle that and then create, you know, that randomness can create a strengthening mode. So that's our goal. That's what we're trying to do. And I think at that period of time, we were able to utilize that to help move us forward together. All right. Anybody else have a follow-up or additional question? We're about to run good on time here, I think. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Chris, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, everyone. We hope we see you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Coach.